Hello and welcome to the Moving Curve. I'm Rukmini, a data journalist, and every night on this mini cast, I try to think about one question around the novel coronavirus epidemic in India. Tonight I'm thinking about this. How and when does this end? It's day 69 of the novel coronavirus epidemic in India, and we are reporting 5274 confirmed cases with 149 deaths. On March 25th, the science journalist Ed Yong wrote an exceptional piece in the Atlantic called How Will the Coronavirus End? I've linked to it in my Medium piece, and I found myself using it as a frame to think about the world not just for these last 2 weeks, but also for what the next 2 years will look like. I think we can all agree that no country is going with a herd immunity strategy. It's tragic rather than just ironic that this strategy's most famous proponent, the British PM Boris Johnson, is now in intensive care with COVID-19, though he too moved away from this strategy in the face of new epidemiological models. In India, Dr. Jayaprakash Muliel, the former principal of Christian Medical College Vellore and a well-recorded epidemiologist, told business standard journalist Somesh Jha in an interview that he believed India should move towards developing herd immunity. The elderly should be protected and the young should be allowed to move freely and basically get it so we develop herd immunity faster. Work has to go on and testing is just too expensive was his argument. There are a number of reasons this is problematic starting from the fact that the young are not invulnerable to serious complications of the disease and separating the young and old is next to impossible in India. This is not a proposal that's being considered seriously. So what happens then? How does this pan out? From China and some European countries, what we can see is that in the early days, cases are discovered in a trickle and then they speed up rapidly. That's the phase and you can call it stage 2 or 3 or whatever else. That's the phase that we're in right now. There are now two ways this could go. The first possible way is successful containment. Depending on what you use as the unit of discussion, a city or state administration could with lockdown strict contact tracing isolation and treatment of those who test positive or show symptoms quarantining of their contacts an administration could theoretically stop the virus in its tracks in that one territory if you prevent an infected person from transmitting the virus to any other person it eventually dies out on a larger scale that's what happened with sars severe acute respiratory syndrome or sars was caused by the SARS coronavirus SARS cov as opposed to SARS cov2 as the novel coronavirus is called in many ways this story is a lot like that of the novel coronavirus in november 2002 the outbreak began in southern china and likely originated from an animal virus it also caused fever and respiratory distress ultimately it spread to 26 countries but the majority were in just five southeast asian countries following much the same measures as countries are today it was contained and eradicated in just 8 months and after 8000 cases but for several reasons this time is not like sars 2003 mainly because of differences in the infectiousness of the virus and how much asymptomatic transmission seems possible i've linked to a lancet article that explains five big reasons that make it different and hence harder to contain even if one area say a country like they're saying about new zealand right now or say kerala manages to contain the novel coronavirus within its borders the minute you let someone in unless you do a full fledged rt pcr diagnostic test on them they could be carriers and you could have a fresh outbreak 
think of china which is now seeing imported cases a full 180 degrees in a way from how the global outbreak began we cannot close borders indefinitely either so i think it's safe to assume that containment and the second part mitigation might only slow that frightening climbing peak to a more manageable level so what happens then if new confirmed cases are say a few thousand or even a few hundred every day enough for your health systems to manage the flattened curve let's say that happens in a few months well it still means that the virus exists asymptomatic carriers are out there and the chance of outbreaks remains it still means that social distancing and practicing hygiene will have to be the norm and the threat of contracting the virus will loom until a cure is found or a vaccine discovered tested and then made widely available even to the poorest and most remote that as we all know is 2 years away my feeling is that people don't really have a sense of this 2 year time horizon i spoke to dr anand bhan a researcher in global health bioethics and health policy so yeah flattening the curve in that sense is ensuring that you don't have a rapid rise of infections and either you try for an approach where uh, you can cut off that infection um and so the numbers keep going down um while uh, waiting for herd immunity or while waiting for a vaccine to come through uh, now the vaccine in this scenario probably will be at least 18 to 24 months if not longer away so i think you know it's there is a lot of time before that which we need to uh, work with There are some unknowables that could alter this course Dr Bhan reminded me the goal should certainly be reducing the numbers but we have to be cognizant about the nature of the disease and how much we know about it as uh, as maybe we have more data and more understanding of what works what doesn't work and what are alternative ways if we have better treatment strategies um, if not yet a vaccine then uh, you know we could probably a be a more, bit more uh, you know we could change our judgment into what needs to be done For India there are also additional questions about immunity and uh, temperature conditions to consider. But so that's the long road we're looking at right now. On Twitter today a friend asked, "What's the one thing you most want to do when this is over?" And another friend replied, "Go to a noisy bar with friends." "You're not going to be able to do that for a very long time," I said to him. "But there are many more such things I don't know how we're going to be able to do for a long time." restart schools for instance where maintaining physical distance and hand hygiene is basically impossible have a cricket match in a big stadium go to the movies restart public transport and try to enforce crowd control for many of us anything beyond april 14th is hard to imagine right now but we are going to have to get used to a world in which this virus exists around us perhaps for the next 2 years and let that sink in a bit thank you for listening This episode was edited by Anand Krishnamurthy. Tomorrow a new question.